Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. What a powerful thought. Let his thoughts define you. Amen. There's lots of thoughts that are thrown around in our present culture, in our present age. And those thoughts can ingrain themselves into your mind, into your thought pattern, into your psyche. Those thoughts can embed themselves so deeply that they literally control you. They control the decisions you make. They control life choices. This morning, I want to encourage you to allow his thoughts to define you. Amen? Amen. I want to speak a little bit about that as we conclude, <laughs> conclude Psalms 27 this morning. And I just want to read the chapter to, to open The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength, the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. How many of you know that there's a devourer Satan, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And he has thoughts and he has words, he has ideology that he wants to roar over you to captivate your mind and thoughts, to devour you, to devour your hope, to devour your future, to devour your calling. And we sp I spoke last week about what is the strong, where is your stronghold? Whose thoughts define you? I think we've shared this example before. I know Pastor David has. I don't know if I have, but when, when a little kid gets into kindergarten, grade one, and you ask them, what who, who, how many of you are, like, going to be a superhero in your life? And you know what? All of them raise their hands. How many of you are going to do something amazing with your life? And they all raise their hands because at that point in time, they got life in front of them. They have no history necessarily behind them. And they all believe they're going to be superheroes. They're going to do something amazing with their life. They go to that same classroom when they're now in grade seven. How many of you are going to be superheroes? And literally, like half, a third of them now only raise their hands because the enemy has sown thoughts, has devoured. And pretty soon by the time they're in grade 12, and I forget the exact statistics, Pastor David, I think you shared it one time, but literally, it's like, 
minuscule percentage points that believe that they're going to do something great with their lives because they've been chewed up and devoured. And that's what the, the enemy wants to do to you. Wants to lo- he looks at your calling, looks at the destiny that has been in many times spoken over your life, and he comes to de- steal, kill, destroy, literally devour your dreams, your calling. And unless we place ourselves, and, and, and as I've been studying, um, I'm going to get to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 because that's the whole idea of strongholds and tearing down the thoughts and the imaginations that are that the thought pr- patterns that get thrown at us. The root words, the root word in the Greek talks about it being a choice of whose voice you're going to listen to. Whose voice are you going to subject yourself to? And in this passage, Psalm 27, what is your, your choice of stronghold? What is your choice where you're going to put your confidence in God's calling, in God's thoughts, in God's word, or in words and thoughts that are put over you by this world, the agents of the devil, in whatever form that looks like. Again, last week when I talked about things that ingrain in, into you, it's, there can be trauma, there can be pain, there can be um, torment that literally builds strongholds into you because they're thoughts, they're imaginations, they're, they're words that are spoken over you that create this, this bind up in your life and ingrain you in their thought pattern. Though an host should encamp, in one translation it says besiege you. How many of you ever feel besieged? <laughs> Bombarded. <laughs> though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear, and though war should rise against me in this, in the Lord will I be confident. That was David's testimony. No matter what happened through his life, we're going to share a couple stories. Whatever happened in his life, he didn't allow that to become a stronghold, but rather he continued to look at the calling, the destiny, the dream that, G- that God had put into him. <laughs> One, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I just know it here. One thing have I desired of the Lord. I'm just going to read. I'm not going to commentate or else I'm going to run out of time. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he hides me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he hides me. He sets me up upon a rock. 
And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his sanctuary sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Now that's half of the chapter. But we're going to get back to the chapter. I, I want to uh, deal with a couple other things. I want to deal... Because I think historically when we look at what a stronghold was, it'll help us in developing them and in tearing them down. So, so a stronghold in the ancient world was one nation deciding it was going to take over another territory, take over another, expand. And so it would send out a, a group of soldiers, uh, um, a legion of soldiers, and they would build an outpost to gain a foothold in a new territory. They might not attack anybody. They might not encounter anybody in that territory, but they'll set themselves up. They'll just put a foot in, get their foot in the door. That, that outpost would become like this center for bringing supplies, for bringing in more soldiers, for uh, gaining access, for sending out patrols to look around. Pretty soon that little outpost, maybe one or two buildings, became three or four as, as now people started to live there and become full-time. And pretty soon that outpost became a settlement. And the settlement would now encourage further incursion into enemy territory. Maybe even sending out and starting another outpost as this supply chain, as this foothold became bigger. Pretty soon that settlement grew into a small city and they started putting walls around it. And it becomes a fort. How many of you have been to Fort Langley? Walk through Fort Langley. It's, it's not just walls. It started, and you can actually go inside and you see how it developed from a few small buildings. And pretty soon, more and more people started living in it, and then they put these walls around it. And it becomes a fort, which becomes a fortress and it gets stronger and stronger. The, the stronger the stronghold. If, if the invading party, if their outpost was not eliminated quick enough by the, the territory that was being attacked, if it didn't dismantle and push back and resist that outpost, I don't know if any of this is speaking metaphorically to you, because <laughs> that's the point. If that outpost wasn't wiped out, taken care of, pushed back soon enough, that stronghold, that outpost becoming a settlement became too strong to eliminate. And the stronger the stronghold the more influence it wielded in the territory it occupied. The stronghold became a place of control over that territory. 
It became a place of power in that territory, which then soon be sending out more outposts. And as that supply chain, as that stronghold now funneled greater resources into the new territory, its grip, its control, its power began to take root. And pretty soon, the host no longer had control. The stronghold was a staging point for new incursions. It was a place of getting ready for a new outpost for growth. I want you, so quite often we think negatively. How many of you are thinking negative right now? <laughs> I want you to flip that now and think, okay, positive. <laughs> because the same process. Because I started studying, and, and initially it was, oh, man, negative, strong. Then I started looking at the life of David, and, and one of the studies I did, I alluded to it last week, last week, and I began to see this amazing power and anointing flow through David's life because of the positive strongholds that he developed in his life. I wanted to paint that picture because now we see both sides because as I'm talking about strongholds, we're thinking, oh yeah, all this negative things, all this. But now listen to, listen to this process. Jesus said, Follow me. I want you to look at the Greek, and I'm not going to try to say the Greek word because Pastor David makes fun of me. And, and that is a stronghold in my life. <laughs> and see, that stronghold has gotten so strong in me, I won't even say Greek anymore. So. Okay, okay. Already? Okay, then. Uh, no, I won't torture you. But here, th this is the word follow. <laughs> this, I, I want to share some context because this is Matthew 16. Now, I don't know how many of you have. I have these chapters that are kind of in the, the, the speed dial of my thinking. Chapter 16 is, you are the Lord, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replies, whoa, you didn't hear that from man. That was a revelation that the, the father gave you. Upon this rock, I'm going to build. Then two verses later, get behind me, Satan. Same guy. Do you know what Jesus' words were to him? This mindset Listen to that. This mindset that you're operating from is not from my father. So Peter here is having a developing a positive stronghold in his life because several chapters later, maybe a year later, when Jesus said, hey, are you guys going to leave me too? After everybody's left, the 12 disciples are sitting there. Peter says, well, we have nowhere else to go. And besides, you're the Christ. 
the son of the... So this stronghold that was developing in him was warring against this other stronghold that was in him, this mindset. And we see at, in the end of his life, the, because of his time, his following Jesus, we see which stronghold wins out. But now back to my verse. Three or four Right after this, get behind me, Satan, this mindset, a, young, a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit? And Jesus says, oh, well, you know, these, these commandments, these, oh, yeah, I've done them all. And here, here's Jesus. Think about stronghold. Now, when Jesus heard these things about how good he was and everything he'd done, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that you have, Distribute unto the poor, and then thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. You have this stronghold dominating your life, and it's holding you back. Deal with the stronghold and follow me. Now listen to what the follow me means to follow somebody who precedes you. Okay, that's, I mean, I followed my wife around school for days and weeks and months. And initially it wasn't that passionately because I was just following. But then the word follow, listen to this progression, instead of just kind of following and tagging along it means to join him as his attendant if you're wondering this is the greek word g190 if you really want to study this out just so you know i want you to do your homework and realize i'm not making this up <laughs> join him as an, as an attendant and then accompany him Then it means join him as a disciple, a student, a learner. Join him and become his disciple. And join his party. The word is made up of two words. The letter A for alpha, which means, it's, it says right here in the concordance, it's a it's a, part, a particle, which is the, the word ah, the particle. It says it's a particle of union. And then the second part of the word is road, which means join his road. I don't know what that means to you. <laughs> Quite often... Um, we've done, Brenda and I, we've done uh, marriage counseling and, you know, these teenagers come and they talk about wanting to marry, get married. And, and we say, okay, well, here's kind of, kind of what happens is your life is this road, your plans, your dreams. And then you got this, this other person who has their own road 
and their own dreams and their own thoughts. They're literally two different, in some cases, two different worlds coming and their road is joining. And sometimes the road is full of speed bumps or potholes. <laughs> but it's two roads joining, two lives joining. That is our following Jesus. And in Peter's life, you see him struggling with his words and his attitude and all kinds of stuff. But you see hints of revelation. You see hints of this, this burgeoning stronghold developing in his life. And you see this dimming and this, this, this diminishing stronghold as he joins his life to Jesus, as he joins the road of Jesus and allows his life to merge into the life of Jesus, you see Jesus' thoughts, Jesus' words, Jesus' actions coming out of Peter. And then near, as you, you just see this progression, as, Je, as Peter joins Jesus, and you see this stronghold. That is how we develop positive strongholds. When you look at the life of David, as you look at the life of David, the first three times we see the life of David, he's tending his father's sheep. They call him in and say, hey, the prophet, like, the one who really hears from God is in town to anoint somebody. And they leave David out in the field. <laughs> and God goes through the, all the brothers and picks David, and they have to call him in. The, they, they said, there's, there's still somebody. And they call David. A few verses later, Saul is having disruptions in his his, his life by, by evil spirits that are tormenting him. And they, you know what? They call David. And guess where he is? He's in royal school? No. He didn't get anointed and then start studying royalty. He's tending sheep. And they have to call him in. Hey, they, we heard of this guy, and he plays beautiful music, and he'll soothe your... And he's out. Tending. So now he's in the he's been brought to the palace. Did he get enlisted in the royal the, the royal um, brigade and starting to go to royal classes? What I forget that movie where they teach you all the etiquettes of the royalty. No, the next picture of David, he's tending his father's sheep. And he calls his dad calls him in and says, hey, I got a delivery. My Pastor Duncan, you see, he, the, the original pizza boy, he brought bread and cheese to his brothers. And so when you look at David's entrance now into the battle with Goliath, you see the tending of the sheep, the bear, the lion the voice of the Lord, the praise, the worship. You see someone who has not been contaminated 
you see his identity, the stronghold. I got a lot of strongholds in his life in this battle, but I want to talk. The one that you see is the identity. The giant calls. Hey, you armies of Saul. Goliath was changing their identity. The armies of Saul. David comes along. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the army of the living God? There was a battle over their identity. And we see it every single day in our lives. A battle for our identity. And because David had this identity, he had literally a different perspective. He had built this stronghold in his life of who he was, who he was serving, the purpose of his life, the things. I, I don't know, remember um, Batterson's book. Uh, I forget. We, we did Man to Man and Ladies Bible Study in the pit. Okay, here, Do you, you think about David's life, and, and, and an example in his book was, do you think David ever prayed over his sheep? Lord, protect my sheep today. Keep the lions and the bears and the intruders. Keep them away and protect them so I don't lose any. And then a lion and a bear come. Now, he could have looked at that, and said, whoa, God didn't answer my prayers. He left me hung out and dry, and I had to fight off the lions and the bears, and, and he wasn't there to help me. But what does he say to Saul? He says, you know, I can take care of this, this Goliath because I've dealt with a lion. I've dealt with a bear. I've dealt with intruders. I've dealt with identity stealers. I've dealt with intimidators. I've dealt with devourers. And instead of a perspective of God abandoning me, he had this perspective of, yeah, my prayer might not have been totally answered, but God made something good come out of the evil that the enemy sent. Amen? Is this speaking to anybody this morning? I want to just, I'm just going to list, oh my, I've got so much amazing material. <laughs> I, I actually should read the, the New Testament uh, verse. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5, about strongholds. The weapons of our warfare, think of David's life. The weapons of my warfare are not carnal. The identity that was instilled in him. You see him tending the sheep. Consistency. Faithfulness. Tending the sheep. Hey, we need David. Where is he? He's tending the sheep. And it says literally in, in the, 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 just before the battle, he was back and forth serving his father, bringing things to the, the camp of Saul, to his brothers, and then he'd go back and tend his sheep. Faithfulness. Consistency. 
my mother-in-law said, hey, last week, talked to me about positive and negative, and then I showed her my title on my page, Positive Strongholds, Negative Strongholds. I, I felt pretty good about myself. She, she unlike my brother David, <laughs> here, David was intolerant towards the enemy. Sometimes we allow things, we allow a foothold in our life. But David had a stronghold of intolerance that he built in his life that didn't allow this Goliath to come and defy the armies of the living God. His brothers, David shows up and says, hey, what, what do you get for killing this guy? Now his brothers... Listen to the stronghold. They start mocking him. Just like Goliath did. They had allowed Goliath a foothold on day one, day two, day 40. Now they started sounding like Goliath. Who are you? You and your few little sheep. And they start tearing him. You know what? Tearing him down. Just like Goliath was tearing down. This is what David did. And David turned away from him. <laughs> turned away from his older brother. He said, I'm not listening to this guy. He was intolerant. He wasn't about to allow negative thoughts to ingrain themselves into him. And build some sort of stronghold. Which would then deter him from going after that giant. And intolerance. He, he turned away from the negative influences, the negative attitudes, the negative activities that were happening. What was what negative activities? These guys were running and hiding. They were literally shaking, it says. Because they had allowed, they tolerated the voice of the enemy. And they tolerated that voice. At, at soon, that voice was literally affecting them, their, their own mindset, creating fear, and then they started assimilating to the attitude, the voice, the words of the enemy. Talk about battles of strongholds. David and the, the armies of Saul. David was literally the only guy that was uh, the army of the living God in this case. He was fully persuaded what is, what is the stronghold of your persuasion? God is good. Well, God is good all the time. Uh, but, but, no buts. Yeah, I know he's good, but I know he's been good to me sometimes. But what is your persuade? What are you fully, fully persuaded of? I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. This is Paul after shipwrecks, after stones, after beatings, after jail. This is Paul. I am persuaded that he is able. David, he was persuaded. He, he got me out of a jam with a bear, out of a jam with a lion. I can take this guy. I can do this. Persuaded. What were his brothers? They were intimidated. 
They literally had the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation. But David walked with a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Why? Because he tended the sheep. He spent time. He spent time. What was the place of the sheep? One thing have I desired of the Lord. That's tending the sheep. That will I seek. Listen to the words. It doesn't say, uh, you know, there's this, this, these things that I'm searching after. No, he said one thing. One thing. Focus. That, that I have desired. Oh, that I'm kind of looking into. I'm going to try out. You know, I'm going to give church a month. A church, church a month in September. If my life doesn't turn around, I'm going to move on to the next thing. No. One thing have I desired, and I'm going to pursue. And that will I seek after. That will I follow. Not tagging along. Not just a looky-loo, but I'm going to seek. If you look at these Hebrew words, the intensity behind them is something that is incredibly lacking in our day and age. I think we've said it lots of times, this, this microwave society. Give it 30 seconds. Hey, that popcorn should be done in about two and a half minutes. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm heating up some butter, and I'm on the stove. I, you'll have your popcorn in about 10 minutes. What? 10 minutes? I got to wait for my popcorn. I want the microwave popcorn. Two and a half minutes, and it's done. And it's got the salt, and it's got this butter in it already. Actually, you can get extra buttered popcorn in, in, <laughs> in a... Listen to the intensity of David. One thing have I desired, that will I seek after, that I may pass through the house of the Lord. That I may dwell. That I may dwell. That means pitch my tent and hunker down for the long haul. All the days of my life. <laughs> Listen to the intensity of this verse. Psalms 27, verse 4. And now, to behold the beauty. To behold. It's not all oh, just take a look. Oh, wow. God, you're good. And move on with NFL going on on Saturday, Sunday morning. Lord, I, I, you know what? I, the NFL's on. I, I'll, I'll catch you online later. Now I'm stepping on people's toes. <laughs> that I may behold. That means to gaze intently. The beauty of the Lord. How many of us have taken time to be thankful for God's goodness in our lives? We allow this world, its systems, its new cycles to bombard us with negativity, lockdowns, oh, shutdowns. How about let's look at the beauty of the Lord, his goodness, what he's done in our lives. Lord, you've forgiven all my iniquities. You heal all my diseases. You redeem my life from destruction. You've taken me out of the pit. You crown me with loving kindness and tenderness. You satisfy my mouth with good. How much positive 
beauty are you flowing through into your life? Behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire. It means to meditate, which means to think about, ponder, inquire. How much meditating uh, in his house have we done? Do we do all the days of our life? Oh, I'm having all kinds of problems with these negative strongholds in my life. Build some positive ones. Tear down those thought patterns, those, that infiltration. Tear it down. I didn't even get to that passage. Oh. Mm. Oh, my. The principle of replacement. What happened when a, a demon got cast out? Swept. The houses get swept clean, and it comes back a little while later. Ooh. Look at these digs. And he calls, hey, guys, and he calls a whole legion of his buddies to join him in this beautiful empty house. Why? Because it didn't get filled with anything else. So a stronghold, they got delivered of a stronghold. A stronghold got torn out, but they didn't replace it with a positive stronghold. Let him that steals, steal no more, but rather let him work with the work of his hands. The, the whole principle of replacement. How many of you can think, you don't, I don't want a hand, sorry, I won't put my hand up. How many of you, I'll put my hand in my pocket. How many of you have some, maybe some negative strongholds? And maybe they're not super, super strongholds, but maybe they are. Something strong in, <laughs> Kyle's lifting up his mother's hand. <laughs> All right, Kyle, I think you have a stronghold that we need to, to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> how many of you maybe just have something that's nagging at you maybe something that's ingrained in you I mean there's stuff growing up Kyle I know there's stuff growing up that gets ingrained into our brain I'm sorry <laughs> and Adrian and Charlene you know I'm joking so please don't get offended <laughs> yeah <laughs> but there's stuff that happens there's trauma there's pain there's stuff that happens, and they can get... It, the, Ephesians says, don't let the devil get a foothold. Don't give him any opportunity to stick his foot in your door. And sometimes, you know, we may not even realize it that we've allowed something. And all of a sudden, pretty soon, it's like, oh, what was an outpost? What was a foot in the door? Now there's a whole body in the door weaseling its way through, or a, a whole settlement, a whole legion. This morning, I want to encourage you. We're going to pray to break down strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. And this morning, we're going to tear down some strongholds because the enemy has been defeated. That thing in your life, if you... Drain it of its power has no power over you. But we can unknowingly give power, give influence to that thing. And this morning, I'm declaring over you that thing is powerless. Jesus Christ overcame the world. 
he took over the grave. He, he went in there, took the keys of death and of hell. In Hebrews, it said he destroyed the power of sin. He has destroyed its power, and it does not have a hold on you. And so this morning, as we close, we're going to tear down strongholds. But then we have to commit ourselves to build new ones. Because it doesn't work if we just tear something down and we don't replace it with something positive. Amen? I mean, I think we could probably all think of examples but we can tear down strongholds. We can have the willpower and say the right words. But if we're not building something positive, if we're not putting something into that bank account, we're going to get shortchanged when we'd want to, when we need it. So how many of you want to tear something down but are ready to build something up? Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Let's just, if you're comfortable, I don't want to step on any toes, but if you're comfortable, I just want you, just open your arms. It's, it is, it's just literally symbolic. It's an earthly thing. It's a, it's a posture we put ourselves, but it, it, it can indicate, quite often does indicate our mindset. And this morning, Lord, we indicate to you our mindset by being open to you we open our heart we opened our mind we open our spirit this morning to you and lord first and foremost we repent of any mindset that has not come from you we repent of those thought patterns that we have uh, lingered on, that we have allowed to infiltrate. We repent. We literally change our mind toward that thing and say, you will no longer have a stronghold in my mind, in my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. You will no longer have a stronghold in my spirit. And Lord, we speak against we speak against it. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, a sound mind. We speak against fear. We speak against words of death, words of failure, words of rejection. We speak against those strongholds. We are loved by our Heavenly Father. We are accepted. We are born of the seed of God. We are your children, Lord. We speak against those words of rejection, failure. We reject you. Satan, you're devouring. We reject you. Lord Jesus, you didn't come to destroy, but you came to build. Give life. Bring hope. Pour out the Spirit. You came to destroy, Lord, the works of the devil. And Lord, we make this commitment to you to build, 
to build a stronghold based on our faith, based on your word, based on who you are, based on your thoughts. And we allow your thoughts to define us. We allow your words, your thoughts, your hope, your future to define us. And we build our life. We put our confidence. We put our hope in you. You, Lord, are our stronghold. And we make a commitment to tend the sheep. To spend time with you. Your word. Your thoughts towards us. Your hope for us. Your future for us. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.